Are you looking to make better, healthier choices this year? Then let me help you out by introducing you to ButcherBox. ButcherBox not only helps you treat yourself to more delicious and wholesome meals, but it takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat with humanely raised beef, pork, chicken, seafood, and more that's delivered straight to your door. ButcherBox partners with folks who share their high standards and truly care about how animals are raised. Plus, they're B Corps certified, which makes me feel even better about my decision to be part of the ButcherBox community. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus get, 20, plus get $20 off your first order. That's right. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free offer and get $20 off. The new year is here, which means it's time to start new habits and make those yearly resolutions. Mine this year was to get healthier and improve my quality of life, which is why I want to talk to you guys about Noom. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all and don't take into account each person's individual needs, which in turn doesn't really set you up for success. Those workout plans you pull from the internet don't think about your individual dietary restrictions, medical issues, or other personal needs. Noom does all of that before building a tailor-made plan that works for you and your lifestyle. It doesn't try to restrict what you eat and never shames you for wanting to treat yourself. And unlike before, I feel the motivation I need to succeed and none of the frustration that came with other plans. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy wherever books are sold. This episode is sponsored by the game Best Fiends. We talk about a lot of heavy stuff day to day on Morning Cup of Murder. And while we all love learning about the dark side of society, sometimes we need a little reprieve. That's when I pull out my phone and start playing Best Fiends. It is a fun and casual game filled with engaging puzzles to keep your brain entertained. One of the best parts about this game is it doesn't require internet. So no internet, no problem. My favorite time to play is just before bed. I lay down, turn down the lights, and play a couple levels to wind down before drifting off to sleep. Right now, I'm on level 369 and loving this new challenge they have going on. Oh, and it updates monthly with new levels and challenges, one of which I'm in the middle of so you never lose interest. Not just that, but you can connect with your friends from all over and create a fun little challenge of your own. It's the perfect way to have fun with your friends while still social distancing. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Remember, that's friends without the R, Best Fiends. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. Yeah, a scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religious life. Morning. Cup of murder. Desperation makes people do crazy things. On November 16th, 1995, a woman desperate to give her boyfriend what he wanted hatched a plan that would wipe out almost an entire family. 
So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Jacqueline Annette Williams had three children of her own, but none of them belonged to her new boyfriend, Fidel Caffey. And that was the problem. He wanted to be a father, and not just to any child, but a child with light skin so they could look alike. Desperate to give him what he wanted, Jacqueline faked a pregnancy in April of 1999, going as far as to tell friends and allow them to throw a baby shower for the new baby boy due in August. Then, that due date moved to October, and then to November, when she told her probation officer she gave birth. Except, no one had seen this new addition to the family. That's when her cousin, Laverne Ward, presented her with an interesting and horrifying solution. His ex-girlfriend, Deborah Evans, who had a restraining order out on the man, was about to give birth to a baby boy. He didn't want it, so he figured Jacqueline could take it. So they made a plan, and on November 16, 1995, all three entered the home of 28-year-old Deborah Evans. Once inside, Laverne attempted to make Deborah agree to $2,000 in exchange for the baby she planned to call Elijah. When she refused, Fidel pulled out a gun and shot her. Fearing her children would tell, Laverne and Fidel hunted down Deborah's 10-year-old daughter, Samantha, and stabbed her to death. While Deborah struggled to hold on to her life, the monsters used scissors to cut out the nine-month-old fetus who Jacqueline had to perform mouth-to-mouth on until he finally took his first breath. She cleaned up the mess, dressed the boy in a sleeper, and the three left the apartment with not only the baby, but Deborah's eight-year-old son, Joshua. Left behind in the apartment with his dead mother and sister was 19-month-old Jordan. The trio took Joshua to the apartment of a friend named Patricia Scott and asked if she would take care of him for the evening, stating that his mother had been shot and she was in the hospital. She of course agreed, and before leaving, Jacqueline said she had just given birth and that she would bring the baby by the next day so she could meet him. Joshua spent that evening with Patrice, crying, and finally told her that his mother and sister were dead at the hands of the people who brought him there. The next day, Jacqueline came to get Joshua and learned that he gave a wild story about his mother's murder to Patrice. Realizing what a liability he was, the trio poisoned, strangled, and then finally slashed the young boy's throat, killing him and leaving him in an alley in a nearby town. When Patrice's live-in boyfriend heard an all-points bulletin about Joshua's disappearance, he called the police, stating, "'Somebody's lying and it ain't that little boy.'" Police arrived at the home shared by Jacqueline and Fidel on November 17th to arrest them and found baby Elijah alive and well, making him, according to the prosecutors in the case, the world's youngest victim of a crime. Also to survive was his brother Jordan, who was left in the home alone with his dead family members. The trial began and, almost immediately, the defense tried to paint Jacqueline as an innocent bystander who had no intention of killing anyone that night, that she was simply forced by the men in her life. Her mother would testify that her daughter lived a normal life, had good relationships with her family, did well in school, and attended church regularly, that she dropped out of high school when she was a sophomore to raise her new baby, and tried her best to be the best mother she could possibly be. But Jacqueline was also trusting to a fault, that her mother's husband and boyfriends beat her throughout her life and it made her relationships with men problematic. But even as her mother testified, she said she was at a loss for how her daughter could end up the way she did. 
that she wasn't the monster that this crime portrayed her as. Jacqueline refused to acknowledge her role in the murders, placing the blame solely on the two men. She did suffer from antisocial and bipolar personality disorders, as well as depression that left her extremely vulnerable to predatory males. That this woman even breathed life back into the infant and saved his life. However, there was evidence at the scene that made it difficult to believe that she had zero involvement. The jury deliberated for two hours in March of 1998 before finding Jacqueline Williams guilty of three counts of murder. Fidel Caffey and Laverne Ward were also found guilty in separate trials. Jacqueline and Fidel were sentenced to death while Laverne was only given life imprisonment. However, in 2003, both death sentences were commuted to life without parole. Jacqueline Williams is now fighting to have her case reopened, claiming she has paid her debt to society after just over 20 years behind bars. Despite the horrible way his life began, Elijah Evans has grown up to be a wonderful young man. He lives with his grandfather, plays football, and has NFL aspirations. He says he won't let the way his life began stop him from living his life to the fullest, that he has forgiven his father for the role he played in killing his family. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on November 17th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you.